This is the Bartender Journey Podcast. It's the Bartender Journey Podcast, number 189. My name is Brian Vincent Weber. Thanks for listening. Well, this is the podcast. Talks all about bartending and cocktails and spirits. Hey, we had Bar Institute here in New York this week, and uh, it's a great event that uh, traveled well. It started as Portland Cocktail Week, and now uh, it's changed to Bar Institute, and it travels around the country to uh, about four or five different locations around the city, and this will, uh, around the country, and uh, the one in New York was the last one of this year, but uh, you should look for it for next year because it's a great event. Unfortunately, I had something come up and could only attend one day, which was really a drag. I was really disappointed about that. But I had an awesome time, and uh, that was on Monday as I record this. And uh, actually, on Monday, before I went to Bar Institute, I went to Diageo World Class Labs. This is an awesome opportunity for you, and uh, I want to let you know about it. Diageo World Class is one of the top two or maybe three cocktail competitions in the world. And competitions like this can literally change your life, uh, especially if you win. <laughs> uh, but uh, just even competing and getting to the semifinals is, is a great experience and, and uh, a lot of fun. And, and uh, so to enter uh, world class, to enter the world class competition, and why wouldn't you? <laughs> you have to be a USBG member. Uh, well, here in the U.S. anyway. But um, through world class, you can get a free 30-day USBG membership, which allows you to get your application in and then... And if you decide to keep your USBG membership after that, I think it's $125 a year, which honestly is a huge bargain, but uh, that's a subject for another day. Uh, so anyway, to enter the competition, you have to take at least one world-class lab class, and uh, you can do that online, but the live events are awesome and free, by the way, and uh, they take this show on the road, and they travel all around the country to different cities doing the class, and I really encourage you to look into it. Uh, we had a great class about about taste, and uh, it was run, Andy Seymour runs these classes, who's a big shot in the industry and a lot of fun, so we sampled... Um, various cocktails to demonstrate the power of different variables like temperature, sweet, sour, bitter, salty. So it was a blind tasting. They didn't tell us what we were drinking until after we tried it. And uh, the first, for instance, was a sample of a uh, martini. And the first one was the room temperature. And the second was the same exact martini, but chilled. We had a Negroni with and without salt and uh, so on. So it really demonstrated the power of altering just one ingredient and the importance that every single ingredient in your cocktail uh, makes. You know, you sometimes hear that your cocktail is only as strong as the weakest link. And uh, it is important that each and every ingredient is really high quality. And uh, this really demonstrated that for me. So then there was lunch. Uh, free, by the way, so uh, just another incentive for you to check out these classes. And uh, then there was a second session, which I didn't stay for because I wanted to get downtown for Bar Institute. Taking one, uh, taking just one of those sessions is enough to qualify you for the world-class competition, although you're welcome to stay for both. And uh, most, most people there did stay for both, as far as I could tell. Uh, so even if you don't enter the competition, and again, why wouldn't you? It doesn't cost you anything, and uh, you can still take one of these classes. I think you'll find it to be a great experience and really educational. They're going, they take it to a lot of cities all around. Uh, as I record this, it's uh, November 10th, I believe, and uh, upcoming sessions are in Austin, Columbus, St. Louis, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Charleston, Birmingham, Tampa, Jacksonville, Louisville, Portland, Oregon, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Washington, D.C., Indianapolis, Philadelphia, and Nashville. So uh, one of those must be kind of close to you. No, maybe. If you're, well, if you're in the States anyway. Uh, I know we have international listeners as well, and we appreciate you. <laughs> Sorry, uh, we, we need to... Uh 
take a little more of a worldview sometimes, I guess, but uh, we're, we'll try to do that. We'll try to get that happening. So anyway, after that class, I headed down on the subway to Bar Institute, which was held at the awesome venue Pier A in Manhattan, right next to where the ferry leaves for the Statue of Liberty. And I'll tell you a little bit more about my experience at Bar Institute in a minute. But first, let's do a book of the week. The book of the week is A Proper Drink, the untold story of how a band of bartenders saved the civilized drinking world by Robert Simonson. And he's a uh, great author from, uh, made famous by, well, I don't know if he's made famous by, but he writes for the New York Times anyway, and he has been for quite a while. I haven't had a chance to check out this book myself yet, but this write-up on it comes from, comes to us from Hazel, who you may know has been working with me on the show recently. Hazel says about this book, Robert takes us through the craft cocktail revival over the past two decades through the personal stories of bars, bartenders, patrons, and visionaries. Filled with modern classic recipes and their origins, a proper drink invites you to learn how we got here and where the craft cocktail industry is headed. So I'm going to go ahead and order this book, and if you'd like one too, get on over to bartenderjourney.net and look for the Amazon link in the show notes to go along with this show, number 189. And there's also some links to uh, bar tools and other fun stuff. Maybe you want to get something for yourself or somebody else. Uh, The holidays are coming up, so uh, anytime you click on an Amazon link, whether it's that book or bar tools that I was talking about or any link that you see on bartenderjourney.net, when you click through to Amazon and buy something in that sort of session, it doesn't cost you any extra, but it helps out our show just a little bit. So uh, I'd appreciate it. When you do your holiday shopping, just go on over to bartenderjourney.net, click on any Amazon link, and then uh, do your shopping and you'll be helping us out. Thanks. Let's do a cocktail of the week, and we'll do the bourbon stone sour. Uh, I don't know if you've ever made a stone sour. A stone sour is a sour with the adi- with the addition of orange juice. Freshly squeezed is so much better if you can make that happen. Freshly squeezed orange juice, it's amazing. And uh, so we're gonna do two ounces of bourbon, one ounce freshly squeezed orange juice, three quarters of an ounce freshly squeezed lemon juice, and half an ounce of simple syrup. Shake with ice. Pour into an old-fashioned glass filled with fresh ice and garnish with a piece of orange and uh, maybe a cherry if you like. So there's our cocktail of the week. Cheers. So back to Bar Institute. I met an interesting gentleman there. How you doing, Brian? I just figured out that your last name is Weber for Tequila Weber Agave. <laughs> Blue Weber Agave. Exactly. So my name is Kevin Venegas, and I'm the National Tequila Ambassador with uh, Casa Herradura. And we're here educating bartenders and tasting them on our expressions that are made in the town of Matitan and Jalisco. Well, at my bar, we go through a lot of Herradura, and the, our guests just love it. And uh, what, what, tell us a little bit about the taste profile and what, you know, why, why maybe my guests love it so much more than the other tequilas I carry. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, we appreciate the love. Um, tequila Herradura is actually made um, in this distillery called San Jose de Refugio, and it's located in Amatitan, about 1,200 meters above seawater. Um, we're typically considered a valley of tequila um, land, and our, our agaves are all handcrafted and selected by our jimadores. We actually have 17 full-time jimadores harvesting tequila, harvesting agaves every single day and hand-selecting it. So we go through this very meticulous process from 7 to 10 years to select our agaves, and we all produce them at our own Casa Verdura distillery. It's very iconic. It's the last true tequila-producing hacienda in the world. Started in 1870, and from then on, we've been producing tequila 
and perfecting the way uh, how we produce our tequilas. All the tequilas come from owner states. We own estates in Amatitan, which is a lowlands typically. We have the highlands of Jalisco as well, and also in Nayarit. So we enjoy those three different robust areas. The lowlands typically are, are known for their herbaceousness and a lot of the mineralities that give off a, a different flavor profile of your tequilas. Herradura, we have many different varietals that were made for many different tastes and expressions. Our first one was uh, Herradura Silver, which is a silver style tequila that usually is um, bottled within 60 days. Ours is actually mellowed in oak. And at Casa Radura, we, we, we're very excited and we're very honored that we have the only distillery that has their own cooperage. So we actually have our own cooperage in, in Kentucky and Alabama. We hand select the actual wood that goes into the production of these barrels. And then they produce these barrels and they send them out to Mexico. They're 200 liter small barrels, or whiskey used barrels. So, uh, I'm whiskey sorry. Whiskey reclaimed barrels. Oh, they, okay, gotcha. American oak. They come from Jack Danielson from Woodford, um, from our Brown Foreman Cooperage, and then they send them out to Mexico, where we toast them, where we char them, and then we mellow our tequilas for 45 days in oak. Our second expression is Consider Reposado, and it is the first of its kind of its category. It started in 1974, and it's not rested for two months, but for 11 months. Hints of vanilla, butterscotch, would you like to try some? Awesome. <laughs> yes, please. So we have these three expressions, which are a core line of our main varietals. And then we have an Añejo expression, which is usually rested in barrels, or I should say aged, for a minimum of 12 months. Ours is aging for a minimum of 25 months. So that's our core line. Mm -hmm. And then our master distiller, her name is Maria Teresa Lara. She is the first and only female master distiller to ever exist in Mexico. And she's been working at her company for about 29 years. A beautiful mentor that she is. She has his Colección de la Casa, and the Colección de la Casa is basically a vintage-style tequila that comes out every single year. Okay. It's a different expression of tequila. So last year in 2015, we decided to introduce this tequila that's called Directo de Alambique. So it's straight from the stills. It's 110 proof. Tons of flavor and aromatics and hints of nuances at citrus and you have like olives and it's great for mixing and for cocktails, especially for all the bartenders that are attending today. But then we also have another one that's really special. It's called Ultra. And Ultra just came out and it's an añejo blended with an extra añejo and then it has goes through this charcoal mellowing process and it tracks all the colors out. Um, it's really popular in Mexico right now, Cristalino Tequilas, and we'd be very excited to taste you guys and hopefully the audience can taste it when they get back home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's an interesting thing where uh, this charcoal filtering, where it, and it's used in rum as well, where you filter out, you age it in, in oak, and then filter out the color. And I was, was curious why, why, why you do that. So when you, think about, when you think about a lot of expressions, like, you know, I, I've tried some tequilas that sometimes can be overaged. And what I mean by overage is it's not that they're done uh, meticulously in a way that it's, 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 it's bad. It's just a different style. Right. And when you do a charcoal mellowing process, the chemical, um, the chemical process that actually attains from like the actual charcoal, it attracts all the colors and the nuances. Are, I like to call them overpowering notes, mm -hmm. meaning like caramel and butterscotch. Mm -hmm. And when you age something like tequila for so long after like two or three years, it starts taking, in, starts taking on qualities almost like a whiskey or a fine cognac. And I've tasted some tequilas that I could have sworn they were a cognac or a whiskey. So by stripping away some of that color and some of that oak, what you have is you make space and room for your less dominant flavors, which is your citrus and your agave, to really breathe in within the glass. And it makes it for a much more balanced tequila. Wow, that's really, yeah, that's really interesting. I never, yeah. I never heard that before. That's cool. And, oh, okay, so we got yeah, a few so to try here. Yeah, great. 
Um, I would start off with the silver and then move on to the Repo Nanijo, just to give you a foundation of what the tequila tastes like. So for herbaceous, for the silver, you have all the herbaceousness, you have the minerality, and then you have a hint of oak in your silver tequilas. Mm -hmm. Great for mixing, great for shots, great for sipping as well, but it's very versatile. I, I really like making my margaritas with uh, with a reposado or even an anejo sometimes, you know? And Absolutely. I think it's fabulous. I agree. I agree. I make anejo margaritas, anejo Manhattans as well. Um, reposados are something we enjoy a lot. We have this program in Mexico. It's a double barrel reposado. So a lot of bartenders and bars actually go and pick out their own barrel. So they finish it. They get to go to Mexico and they, pick, they make their own barrel just made just specifically for them, which is pretty cool. So the repo, like I said before, it's not a it's not a two month old. It's 11 months, and it's a category that we started. We started actually two categories. We started the repo salad category, and also the extra añejo category in 1999. And the extra añejo is actually rested in barrels for 49 months. Beautiful, elegant expression of agave. And that, of course, in a warm climate like Mexico, that's quite a long time, oh, yeah. as opposed to in Scotland, where we're talking about 18 exactly. years, but it's way cooler. So the angel share moves a lot faster. The complexities in the barrel in terms of in Mexico for, let's say, for average a year, it's compar comparatively to about three to five years if I were to take that same barrel and take it to Scotland. Because, of course, you have the humidity, the climate, and the heat and the humidity in Mexico is pretty hot. Um, the rainy season usually from July through September, so it doesn't really con contract. So, so for us, we age really fast. So we like to say that the angels are having a good old time at our distillery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and... Um, so yeah, I, I hear this come up quite often uh, with tequila, but uh, I don't know that much about it. Uh, you talk about the uh, elevation yes. quite often. Correct. So we talk about elevation just similar to like wine country in Tarar. Yeah. Something that, like tequila, that sits in the ground for seven to 10 years, takes on a lot of complexities of your agave. So the water source, um, the minerality, the, the climate, and the textures and the soil, are very important to us and something that sits for I mean mention vineyards and stuff like that I mean you're harvesting every year for us we have to wait eight to ten years to harvest <laughs> so something that sits in the ground for that long takes on a lot of different characteristics so the minerality of the volcanic soil the highlands you have more red um, copper and rich soils so the climate's a lot colder so the agaves take a little bit longer to grow and there's a lot of hills and valleys in in the highlands so the water source penetrates the agave and the rituals, uh, it just, it, it creates a different flavor profile. Mm -hmm. And, um, sweeter and smoother. And the agaves, um, I guess sometimes they're harvested, sometimes they grow wild and they're harvested and sometimes they're cultivated, right? That is correct. So for mezcal, usually they're wild and also cultivated. For tequila, generally speaking, they are all cultivated. We have about 25 million plants are now planted in Mexico. <laughs> Yep, we like to drink our tequila here in the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> but you need that because it's a pipeline of Absolutely. it's a pipeline of product, right. and it takes so long to grow. Well, it's just crazy to think, you know. Not a, I didn't know this five or six years ago that agave takes seven, eight, ten, twelve years to grow. It's it's unbelievable. Yes, indeed. <laughs> right now we're trying to we're trying to figure out and trying to do. Um, our team is in Mexico for trying to figure out how much tequila we're going to drink ten years from now because we have to be ready and capable to plant the right amount of agaves to make sure that we are meeting the demands for our products and our consumers as well. So there's some talk about um, the process that's used to, to grind the agave once after it's roasted, and um, there's a more traditional way and there's a more, I guess, 
industrial way, right? Yep, so there's many different ways of crushing the agaves. Um, we actually use a molienda, so we cook our agaves for about 26 hours and then we let them rest in adobe clay ovens which are these ovens that cook slowly, bake and cook the agaves. You could also use an autoclave, and not to say one's better than the other, it's just a different method, and that's actually, look at, if you look at the videos, that's how we cook our agaves. Then we take them out of the ovens, and then we put them through this molienda, which is a mechanical wheel that extracts for the juices. Back in the days um, at Casa de Verdura, since 1963, we actually use a tajona method. And tajona method is this massive, huge stone that's made out of volcanic rock that usually presses out all the agave fibers. Um, we've steered away from that just recently because we feel that molienda extracts better juices. And something that takes so long, you want to make sure that you take out all the sugar as much as you can. Not to say it's bad or not to say it's different, it's just our way of making our tequila. Um, we had to explore different ways of pressing our cooked agaves, but at the end of the day, the, the most important thing that we find to be is the fermentation process. The fermentation process is how you extract your alcohols, and given that we are located in an hacienda, we have about 16 natural fruit trees that really impact and create our DNA when we talk about when we ferment. So it's a natural fermentation process. So we have fruit trees like lime, goyaba, pomegranate. All and that's providing the yeast, is that what's going and on? And that is our yeast, our natural yeast strains that we use at Casa Herdera to create our tequila. That's so cool. So, so it's fermented in open vats open and then it, it's just naturally natural occurring. Fermentation, correct. Naturally occurring yeast causes the fermentation. The correct. This year we're actually this year we're actually launching our first ever national bartender competition. It's actually kicking off this week, and we're, we're introducing, yeah. So it's called On the Road to La Hacienda Challenge. And it's, so we're doing it in nine markets, and we're going around selecting the best margarita inspired by Tommy's original recipe, which we call the horseshoe margarita. Um, myself, Julio Bermejo, and uh, Ivy Mix from here is gonna be, are going to be the national judges. And then we're selecting some bartenders who are going to be very lucky to attend and go to our distillery. And we're setting, up, so we're setting up a really cool glamping station at, at the distillery. Very cool. Very uh, so, yeah, we talk about co cocktail competitions a lot on my show, so uh, we'll have to promote it. Absolutely, and, uh, for sure. Yeah, you can go up on, on our site. It should be live. It's on herodura.liquor.com. Okay. And, and you're doing that in, in, uh, along with USBG, yeah? That is correct. We are partnering with the USBG and Liquor.com nationally, and uh, it's our first year. We're excited to kick it off and really introduce the brand, educate, you go online, and get to learn a little bit more about the tequila. There's a cool quiz. And then we're testing out the recipes with Julio Bermejo, and then the approved uh, candidates will get to go to the regional events. And then finally, the lucky winners will be flown out to Mexico to experience this amazing experience at Casa Herdera. Awesome. Well, I'm going to enter, and I hope my listeners will as well. Awesome. I'll be looking forward to your submission. Thank you. Cheers, man. That was great. Thank, Thank you so you much. Thank you so much. And last but not least, let's, let's remember to drink responsibly, please. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So there you go. Hope you learned a little something about how tequila is made. And there's another competition for you. So uh, I'll put a link up to that one in the notes to go uh, along with this show. And uh, I'm going to enter. And uh, so I'll add it to the um, competition page on bartenderjourney.net as well. So the deadline for the Herodora con contest is December 16th, 2016. And uh, yeah, maybe you'll win a trip to, trip to Mexico. Maybe I'll be there too. So uh, good luck with that. By the way, I just found out, so, so talking about competitions, I was selected to compete in the semifinals for the Diplomatico Rum competition. Yeah, that's in a few weeks, so wish me luck. There's some pretty strong uh, competitors in the semifinals here, so, but you got to be in it to win it, and uh, like I always say, why not enter? It doesn't cost you anything, and it's a great experience, and 
uh, you meet the coolest people and you have a good time doing it. Stand by for our toast. We do a toast every week at the end of the show. But first, I'll remind you, my name is Brian Vincent Weber, and you can find the Facebook page for Bartender Journey. Just search for Bartender Journey using the Facebook search field, and there's lots of inst- there's lots of videos from Bar Institute that Hazel took uh, on that page. So uh, if you didn't get it to make it, maybe you'll get a taste for it, see what it was like. Uh, so there's lots of videos there and other information as well. On Twitter, I'm Barkeep Tips, and on Instagram, it's Bartender Journey. So, yeah... Join us on all of those social medias. Hey, here's our toast. My friends are the best friends. Loyal, willing, and able. Now let's get to drinking. All glasses off the table. Cheers. We'll see you next time on the Bartender Journey Podcast. So that's our story. If it was any more interesting, we'd be on TV. 